0: Welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. Today we are reheating in honor of Masters Week, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, we did this over two parts last year. Uh, I did it with Jeff Ogilvy down in Augusta, and we went through. We really, he went through every single hole at Augusta National. Uh, he broke it down, talked about the different shots, different insights. It, it was fascinating to hear him talk about things that I'd never even thought of uh, one being laying up on 15 how it's counterintuitive you want to lay up on the opposite side you think you should especially when the pins left you know and then you see it play out on master Sunday with shots like Xander Shawley, I remember last year he hit that wedge shot just as Jeff described that caught the down slo- slope and skipped over the green so this is uh this is one of my favorite podcasts we've ever done, and uh, if you missed it, I hope you enjoy it. If you didn't miss it, you know you can listen to it again. I think uh, I've re-listened to it and remembered a lot of things I had forgotten. It is Masters Week. Uh, we will have a fried egg story up on Wednesday, so that'll be coming. That's a uh, Garrett Morrison production. And uh, we will have daily newsletters, so sign up for those at com, and there's a newsletter sign-up bar right there, sign up for those there, and uh, you'll get daily newsletter into your inbox all week long, that's for free, and uh, it'll keep you up to date on all the ins and outs of the Masters. But uh, without further ado, here is Jeff Ogilvie and all 18 holes at Augusta National. Say so you're you're in contention on on the weekend. What are you thinking about before your Saturday Sunday rounds? Like, are you, is there stuff that worries you early on?
1: Well, the first green might be the hardest green on the course, maybe, and certainly the first, the hardest first green in world tournament golf. I would say. I mean, Oakmont is a well-renowned, ridiculous first hole and a really tough green to hit. But it feels like you're in the lap of the gods a little bit at Oakmont because you can land at the front right of the green and maybe it stays on, maybe it runs over the back. It's kind of... You make bogey on the first at Oakmont, you don't have to have done anything wrong. It's just part of Oakmont. You just hit you in the face on the first hole and then you move on. But the Masters, if you play the hole really sensibly, you can get a nice birdie putt on the first. But if you hit it anywhere other than directly under the hole, you have the hardest par in the world. And sometimes if you miss it past the hole, it's even a hard bogey. It's a brutal, easy first tee shot relatively i mean tiger historically has struggled with it but it's a it's a gentle first tee shot and a simple looking iron shot until you realize what's up at the green and the green is so savage really hard to hit the ball under the hole too the way the front half of the green is because if you land it if you hit it short of a lot of pins it rolls off the front so it encourages you to get it to pin It is always trying to get you to hit it to pin high and if you hit it to pin high just a bit past it you get a lot of stress so it's one of the most un talked about i guess it's more talked about now because it's on the coverage more and people talk about the first green more but it might be the hardest green on the course especially because it's the first hole and, and Ernie else kind of showed that a few years ago
0: are <laughs> uh the false front you touched on it oh uh, augusta's got a lot of vicious ones do you think false fronts are like one of the best ways to defend against the the tour pro
1: i think it's a great way to really encourage not quite force but really motivate a player to want to get it to pin high, especially in a situation where past pin high is going to ruin your day. Like you can't just just kind of go one club less and chunk it up to the front of the green on the first. You can't because it's the chip could come back, you know, the false front thing. So um, I think you're right. I think it's a really good way to do it. And if you look at St. Andrews, I mean, every green's got one really close. I mean, the Valley of Sin, that's really what that is, right? um it's a it's a good way to do it because it, it really really it rewards the player for being aggressive and hitting a quality shot
0: i you think know, the like neat, neat thing too with it is for the lower trajectory player like you're like your regular guy it's a way for it to slow down the ball into it
1: i think it's like the the perfect for me a golf course the perfect mindset is how do I make it easier for the eight, the 90 shooter the 18 handicapper and how do I make it harder for the scratch player and the, the false front or at least the style they do it here at the Masters that's exactly what it does because the go can't spin his, he's coming in with his hybrid or his 4 iron or 5 iron he's running it up it's actually a really nice green to run it up onto but the guy who's flying it up there with spin with an 8 iron he really has 3 or 4 yards to land it in and that's it so it's a super precise shot for the elite player and really, quite a gentle, easy shot for the average player, which is ideal. It's bringing those two guys closer together, as opposed to some modern stuff where it's all carry and big long stuff. It just separates that scratch and eighteen handicapper so much that it kind of it's uh it's just so super intimidating for the average guy.
0: Is that second shot on two like the most fun shot on the course? No, to, to Sunday pin.
1: Yes and no. The Sunday pin might be the funnest pin on the course. A one of. I mean, there's a lot of fun pins on the course. I mean, 16 on Sunday is pretty fun. And that pin on seven when they put it in that hole-out spot in the bowl on the right-hand side, that's a fun pin. Um, but the the one on two is hard. I kind of always laid it up on two a little bit. My mentality was if I could get it just in that front-right bunker or around that front-right bunker in two, I was happy. You know, I missed the green left a couple of times. I missed it in that left bunker a couple of times on the green or short left of that left bunker, trying to get really aggressive a few times and worked out that that's not really where you want to be and had some kind of train wrecks on that hole. So I would always try to hit it next to the bunker off the tee, next to the bunker on the second shot. and try to You can get it anywhere on the green close to the hole if you're next to that front right bunker on two. It is a super fun. It's a fun shot to watch. It might be one of the funnest shots to watch when those guys hit those long irons on the top of the hill and they they land on the front of the green and they roll for about 30 seconds all the way up the back and they roll right next to the hole. Um, as a spectator, that would be a great place to stand on Sunday.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of holes right around there too. You could watch two, you could watch 3T, you can watch, I mean, it's close to 18. Yeah, 18,
1: 17. 17. You're really not far from 16. Yeah. If that is the sweet spot of the course really, yeah, you've got seven green, two green, Really, kind of seventeen green, seventeen fairway. You can kind of whip across to fifteen.
0: That's kind of the heart of the course, I would say. There's that hill that everything plays into, and it's similar. You know, Mackenzie does that a lot of his places. That focal point, and that's like it kind of is the fo- that's like it's such a neat routing how they play down to it, and then he takes you away from it, and he keeps bringing you back at different points in the round.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a great route. I mean, it's I think serendipitous really i think they were fortunate how it worked he was obviously a genius router and jones might have been the, the best golf mind ever like when it related to golf course and and playing the course i mean he was truly genius but there was serendipity involved in how it all worked out i mean it just it is such a good golf course to watch golf and you can pretty much from that point from the second green seventh green kind of eighth tee area you can pretty much get to every hole with a five-minute walk almost, you know, you're kind of really central and people keep, you, you watch them come through two and then you see that same group come through seven and then later on they come back through 17. It's like, yeah, it's all, uh, it's brilliant like that. Because if it just went out, like the old course is the old course and it's brilliant, but it's a, an awful course to watch golf. Great course to play golf, but to watch, it's kind of awful, but this kind of matches all, the creates all the great golf and it makes it great to watch. Yeah, it's incredible.
0: Almost like the stadium course before the stadium course.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything about it is just, I mean, you had to say say perfect. I mean, there is no perfect, but relative to everything else, if you want to find for a great place to watch golf and a place that's going to create great, attractive golf to watch,
0: right? It's all right here. It's incredible. It's an expansive property, but intimate.
1: Yeah, it seems, I don't think it's quite as big as you think. But it seems so big because there's there's no real lines of trees. They're like copses of trees, right? Is copses is the word, right? Like groupings of trees. But you stand at the clubhouse, you can pretty much see across the whole course, um, which makes it seem like this big kind of park. You know, it's like it seems massive, big scale, big wide fairways, big bunkers. Um, but as you say, intimate because... Everything kind of comes back. It's kind of near each other, but because it's so big scale, it seems big. But you realize that everything's kind of close, and that helps with the roars and the feel. And you see, you're constantly seeing other groups go up other holes and stuff, and feeling that you just you 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 always kind of feel like you're part of the whole show. You're never separated on one spot way away from anywhere else.
0: It's it's, I mean, it's just brilliant. That's that's got to be one of the cool things compared to like your modern TPC courses. The how close you are to all the competitors when you're playing.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, you're teeing off on the first and you're watching the guys hit into the ninth and and kind of sussing out the pin and where they're hitting it. And then, and that happens kind of all the way around. You're playing down two and you're watching them pitch into three. And then on seven, you're watching, you're walking down six say, and you're watching their shots into 16. And you can, you're constantly kind of being reminded of what's coming and what's gone and who's doing what. And, um, It's nice to feel a part of it. You know, there's a lot of courses where you're just way out there now, right? Modern routings seem to just go wherever they want and don't take that sort of thing into account. But uh, it's great to be out there with all the competitors and playing partners and feel like you're part of the whole show. That's the whole thing. It's just a whole, the whole thing is just one big show, right? And it's brilliant.
0: A a buddy of mine, Sean Martin, did the Strokes Gained uh, analysis of winners and the golf course where they picked up the most shots to the field. And the two holes that came out on top were number three and number 14.
1: Well, they're the two holes that you can have the most docile seeming holes. No bunkers on 14. Three has bunkers, but they're really easy to miss. You just kind of hit some sort of... Well, modern play. These guys all seem to hit driver up short left of the green, but it's just been a three or a two or three iron or a hybrid these days to the top of the hill and a wedge onto the green. And it's relatively simple. And 14 is driver in a nine-iron or something, but they'd have two greens that if you miss them in the wrong spots, you have almost zero chance to make par and a big chance to make six or seven or eight. You can just... They turn you into idiots. That doesn't actually surprise me. Like I think everyone would have thought 12 or 13 or 11 or 15, but it's... uh, The third, I think, is a genius hole because... The only way to really make birdie or get it close is to really risk missing it short of the green. And if you miss it short of the green, it's almost an impossible up and down. It comes all the way back and you're 12 feet below the level of the green to this crazy pitched green. And the only way to get that pitch close if you do miss it short is to risk leaving it short again. You know, so once you've missed it short, unless you say, right, I'm just going to make five. And by the way, it's not an easy five because your little pitch will go 12 feet past the hole in a and that will break six feet. Um, and so it's if you want to have a good score, if you want to make three, you have to risk leaving it short. If you want to make four, once you leave it short, you have to risk leaving it short again. And that just kind of follows the whole hole. It's, uh, and 14 is, the miss on 14 is long right, but you never want to miss like an eight or a nine on to, And they usually, it's really,
0: really hard to miss long right for a good player too.
1: It is, especially uh righty, especially a righty. Yeah. It's not the thing. You usually miss short right or long left, right? Which is the genius on 12, but, um, it's a, they've, There's The three or the four pins on 14 generally are, Oh, I want to make birdie there. You, it's kind of one of your last birdie chances. You've got 15 and 16, but 17 and 18 are really tough, so you kind of want to get something going on 14. You've got a 9 nine or 8 on to a pin that it's all going to roll towards. But you kind of have to risk landing it short of the green to get it really close sometimes. And if you miss it short of 14, you definitely... I mean, that's a 1 in 10 up and down. So 14 uh, is an amazing green.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite things that I've heard you say, and I think you said it, I'm not sure if you said it on our pod or on the state of the game, but you said like the greatest holes are the ones where if you want to make an easy par, it's like, you know, if you want to make par, it's really easy, but if you want to make birdie it's really hard. So from what I'm hearing, like three and 14 are holes where if you're in the hunt, your expectation almost changes where those are the holes you feel like you got to get birdie on, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So all of a sudden it switches versus the the tough holes coming in where you're like par is a good score. So mm-hmm. that expectation flip then brings bogey or worse into play.
1: Yeah, well, like if 11 is so obviously impossible. You're quite content to go two fours and two fives to the week, probably. That would be okay. You know, most winners of the the Masters probably have a bogey or two on 11. So you're quite happy. You aim it away from the green. You aim it, everyone aims it at the right edge of the green and tries to hit it in the right spot. And maybe on Sunday, like guys, these modern Rory's and Dustin's and that, they're super aggressive and they'll go for it. But generally, you're quite content. If you make five on 11, oh, well, everyone's making five on 11. But see, three and 14, they are legitimate birdie holes. But the only way to make birdie is to risk making bogey, which is the genius of the whole course, really. And all great courses in that they give the great player a par pretty much. If you want to make par, if you give up birdie, we'll give you a par. But as soon as you want to make birdie, that's when you bring bogey in. If you want to make eagle, you're going to bring double in. Um, To me, that is absolutely perfect because it's probably relatively easy for a good player playing well to cruise around here, have a decent week, finish top 20, take no risks, put a nice check in his pocket and just walk away, get invited back next year and happy days. But to win the tournament, you have to go for everything. And when you go for everything, that's when it can all go wrong.
0: It almost too, becomes enhanced when you're in position, too. So like if you were, amplified, 50, like amplified yeah, amplified. Because yeah. like if you're coming down at back nine and you're in fifteenth, you 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 know you have a shot if you play great nine. But if you're in fiftieth, like, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's um,
1: it's just makes you so nervous this course, and it. The only way to make birdies and have do great shots is to take on shots you don't want to take on. Mm-hmm. Like on a normal week, you just wouldn't hit that second shot in a fifteen. I mean, it looks like you're hitting a three on on the top of a Volkswagen Beetle. It just wow. There's no this is a really, really hard shot. But if you want to win, you've got to hit it. And you've got to get your head into that place where obviously guys like Phil and Tiger seem to get it into that fearless swing. That Rory kind of that that free swing. It's like, you know what? The only way i can hit this shot is to be loose yeah but the difficulty of the shot and the potential train wrecks the challenge is to get loose with that much trouble around it's really that's that's to me the whole essence of the masters is to swing loose with hyper aggressive really risky plays and that's a really
0: difficult thing to do it's the it's counterintuitive of golf like it's a really scary shot and most people get cautious and then when you get cautious you're dead
1: Yeah, human nature is to like, oh, this is risky, so I'm not sure about this. I'll just carefully like to speed it up there so I don't get in any trouble. But that's why you get into trouble because you get careful about it.
0: It's it's funny. I always say I'm like a a snorkeler when I play golf. Like if I get a little under the water, I'm fine. But as soon as I get a certain spot, that's when I start protecting and I start losing it. But that's what, what makes you guys so great. Your nuclear subs, like everybody that's playing in the Masters for the most part, has the ability to get there, but then this is a golf course that makes it even harder to get there because it's even scarier, right?
1: It is. And I mean, it's it's all part of, it's so the whole picture. I mean, the build up to the Masters is, is outrageous. Every media official in the world is here. Everybody's watching. It's the one everybody wants to win. At least in April, it's the one everyone wants to win because it's the first one for six or nine months. It sets up the whole year for everybody. I mean, it sets up your career. It's such a huge deal. And it's a course that just... And so you're kind of anxious, performance anxiety anyway. Like it's hard to be loose and free. But the only way to play it well is to be loose and free. So you've got that fight in yourself that you're desperate to win or you really want to win really badly. And that usually creates tension and tightness and being careful. But the only way to play it well is to be the other way around. And if you look at historically, guys like Fred Couples play there every year. I mean, that's the epitome of a loose golfer, you know, Um it's Phil, you know, it's win or, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Like, I just want to win. So that's really, those sort of guys are going to play well. And I think that's why it's so hard for guys when it, like Rory at the moment, when it becomes their thing. Yeah. You know, it was Norman and Duval and Ernie Els. And it was that, they just, every year it gets harder to be loose. Because how do you, that one thing you really want in the world the most, you have to be looser than every other week. That's a really, really hard thing to do, you know.
0: I mean, you see with Tiger ever once, once Y uh, Yang, like, I, I think that's like a fundamental thing. Like, nobody had beaten him. He'd never lost in that moment. And he lost in that moment. It's like he actually saw, it. he never had experienced it. You know, it's like you don't know.
1: Yeah, there'd be an argument to say, like, a psychologist convention would sit down and like analyze the whole thing. But if he'd lost one or two early, he might actually still be winning more now. He might have ended up with more. I mean, you saw Nick Jack got comfortable with losing mm-hmm. because, I mean, he won a lot, but he finished second a lot and third a lot. And Tiger never lost. What was he like 50 and 0 when he started Sunday in the lead or some outrageous number? Yeah. Um, and when he, that's it, some quite a lot of the magic was gone, obviously, when Yang beat him because um, it had been going on for someone, at some point he was going to lose, right? I mean, you can't win forever. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, a lot of other stuff happened too, but it is interesting. Uh, Jack lost more than he won. Yeah. So it's almost like the loss, the losses were... Ter- he was a bit more Teflon to the losses. It was a bit more like he didn't develop the scars because he was used to losing along with winning all the time.
0: It's a, yeah, it's crazy. It's like golf for mortals is a game of 99% failure. Like my buddy said this to me like at one point he's like so that one percent when you actually succeed is like it's the greatest feeling in the world and but for tiger it wasn't that way because it, and that's what makes you better is the failure it makes you better a lot of times right
1: well that's what they say and you definitely learn a lot more from when you get it wrong than when you get it right when you get it right you walk away and say how easy is this when you get it wrong it's, oh i got to do something better next time. You don't walk away from a success and think, i got to do something better next time, you know, or you don't see what you did wrong
0: because you won. It's interesting. Through three, usually, were you thinking like, we? I got to get off to a good start here because of the next few holes?
1: You certainly want to be under before you're over at the Masters. And if you've messed the first up, which is very easy to do, you bogey the first, it's not the end of your day because you've got two and three. And as I was talking about three. Three is tricky, but it's still a birdie hole. You still got a sandwich or a wedge. Um, but two, you want to make birdie on two, and hopefully be under par before you want to be un- one under on the fourth tee, maybe two. That would be great because four is in- incredibly difficult. Five is going to be even harder now, but it's always been tricky. Six, depending on the pin. Um, that's a little tough. That's a really tough stretch. Those three holes. So yeah, you want to be under before you. You want to be under before you're over. Yeah, seven is a pin is a pin specific thing too. Like six, six with the pin low on the bottom tier, and seven with the pin in that bowl on the right, are legitimately st- decent birdie chances. But seven with that pin on the kind of the high one on the left, just over the bunker, where it kind of it crowns off both ways, hard to hit it close, and it's playing a little bit long, and it's early in the morning. You get a five iron into there. It's like wow, that's a really hard hole. And six with the pin on the high tier, that crazy high thing on the right, um, that is one of the toughest seven or eight ons or six ons you'll ever have. Uh, so, they, they can flip. Six and seven can go from easy to difficult, but you can have that day where four, five, six, and seven are four of the hardest holes on the course. So, yeah, you want to be under before you're over.
0: <laughs> now, it's funny. I got this book. This guy did a strokes gained analysis. Joe Pita, he... he took all the trackers he scraped it so he had stroke gains statistics from last year and one of the things he found it there's only one double or worse on eight and and then but then there was very few eagles it was like it's like one a, of the least varied holes
1: it's a tough eagle hole because i mean we you see you, everyone gets in and watches on saturday and sunday and tiger or phil or rory or something i mean they're swinging it in but it's a really big two hits for most players now there's no run on the fairway. That bunker on the right is really hard to avoid. For some reason, it's quite magnetic because the left trees are really rough. But there's no real train wreck on eight. Even if you hit it in the left trees off the tee, you kind of punch it up the hill, hit whatever you can on the middle of the green. It's quite a receptive green to hit it within 25 feet because it's high on both sides. It doesn't repel balls. It brings them back towards the hole. So it's relatively easy. If you wanted to Again, if you want to make par on eight every time, easy as.
0: It's like a punch ball.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a punch bowl. And the fairway is really massively wide if you just safe out to the left, safe up on top. You can lay it up as far right as you want. You can hit it 100 yards right of the green, long. you got a football field to hit it into right of the green. But then it gets difficult to hit it close for three, but to hit it inside six feet for three is tough, but to hit it inside 30 feet is quite easy. So
0: if they, it's,
1: it's a birdie and par hole, really. I mean, the whole field... That's what your stats say too. I would have said, yeah, most of the fill, half the field make five, half the field make four. Kind of,
0: I was looking at the old pictures, and I you, there's centerline bunker is now the right bunker. Do you think if they opened that right side up, you'd see more eagles because you're actually hitting from the proper angle? And
1: yeah, a little bit. I mean, they probably were 10 years in front with the let the depth, how far that bunker was from the tee. I mean, it's a 310 carry or something uphill. Um, which is turning out to probably be about right now, right? But when they did it, um, it's been there my whole career pretty much, I think. Uh, it was, I could sometimes not get it to the bunker, right? I was 40 yards from carrying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a deep bunker and it's a tricky shot out of it, but it's not the worst. So people are willing to take it on because again, if you hit it in the bunker, then you just lay it up and hit a wedge on the green. And it's really, it adds half a shot. Like it's not adding three shots, like hitting it in the water on 13 or something. um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't mind it. I don't I think eight's a pretty good balance for where how we're playing right now. I think there's there's room on the course for a par five that only the really strong guy can get to and two, and, and it's it's a really brave shot, the second shot. It's you've got to hook quite solidly, like some sort of three wood or something, up and to get it on the green to anywhere close to the hole. And That's a really difficult shot off an upslope. And whenever you try to do that off an upslope, you generally miss it right. Mm-hmm. and it that hole allows you to miss it right so your brain says okay it's okay if i don't hook this so everyone generally just flares it out to the right wedges it onto the green i think eight's a good balance actually i, I actually kind of that, like eight.
0: that's that's interesting because when you miss to the right and then you're tripping over those mounds it's really hard to hit it close which makes it hard to make birdie but it's still a relatively easy par yeah it does it's make it hard to make par. But if you get the ball over to left, especially with those right pins, it's easier. It's much easier to make it. So if you're brave, yeah, you know, I mean
1: strategically, it ticks every ball. box, right? Like the more risk you take on the tee, it's closer to the bunker, the easier, the less you have to hook your second shot, and the easier it is. The, the The more the 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 less risk you take off the tee, then the harder it is to hit it on the green. And it's just exactly the same on the second shot. If you take no risk, the further right you go, the harder your wedge. The further left you go, the easier your wedge. But the further left you go, you risk going down into all the flowers and the trees and Mm -hmm. the rubbish. I mean, this course does that all the way around. It ticks strategy one hundred and one, like, and in an interesting, different way, all the way around. It's uh, they they just get it. It's just right. Nine's the easiest driving hole, right? Maybe statistically, but um, I've it's easy if you can turn it over, um. And it's, it's another one of those holes that coaxes you into trying to take more than you need to on. Like you really want to hit a big high draw because it goes further. Like it's, it has more of a forward bounce rather than yeah. a sideways bounce. Um, it's a relatively easy T-shot to hit the fairway. But again, it, it's a bit like the second shot on eight. It kind of tries to suck you into taking on more than you need. Um. And because you don't want, if you kind of flare it a little bit, it's pretty easy to not hit it in the right trees, but you end up with this downslope ball below your feet six iron into this green that really isn't fit for that setup. So it encourages you to take on more than you want. And you'll see a lot of guys hit it in the left trees because they're trying to kind of get those big bounces and get it down the bottom of the hill and hit like a wedge in, which makes it relatively easy, but it's hard to get it to that spot. So easy to hit the fairway, but again, it, it dangles the carrot like it kind of sucks you into trying to take on more than you should.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, this guy said that approach shot, that front bowl is the easiest approach shot, Joe, yeah, with the stats
1: on the whole course. Do you, do you, uh, just on nine? Oh, is on that... nine. Yeah. 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 The front pin, definitely hundred percent, because it's almost impossible to hit it over the ninth grade. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. It plays quite long because it's, depending on how far you hit it, it's kind of uphill. And it effectively plays uphill because you're hitting it off such an so extreme that's downslope. That's
0: why people always end up short. Always end up short because
1: your 9-iron will go 5 or 5. It's You're off such a downslope, it's hard to get it in the air mm-hmm. the second shot. So your 9-iron goes really flat, so it hits the ground before it normally would. And it ain't bouncing forward unless it lands up top. So you can really take quite a lot more club. Missing the green to the right isn't a problem. So... That front and anything really that goes 20 or 30 feet past it will generally come back towards the pin. So, yeah, that's certainly the easiest pin on the green. But it's also the one that you can, if, if you don't know what you're doing, you can get it wrong too.
0: So, you, you turn, you're making the turn and then that back nine, like what are, what are you thinking about early in that back nine? Well, 10 and, 10 and 11 and 12 get your attention. You certainly
1: think about, well, you shouldn't, but they it, it's in your head. you really want to get through twelve, like if you're in twelve in good shape, you're having a good day. you know good things can happen after that. Ten is arguably I think the second shot on 10, unless you've really smashed one down there long and down there and left and got a short iron in, is maybe the hardest swing on the course for me. Down slope ball above your feet, five iron to a green that looks minuscule from the from up there. You're going down a pretty steep hill. And it's such a beautiful environment. It's such a – 10 is one of my favorite holes to play. Uh, It's a fun tee shot. You're really trying to hit a really big draw. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world. You just get a really hard second shot. Um, Every time I parred 10, I was happy. And that's another swing. You have to swing free on that second shot on 10 because it makes you be careful. But it plays a little bit longer than it looks. The green looks tiny. The right bunker is definitely no guarantee. And left, anything can happen when it bounces down left under the camellia bushes.
0: So, 9, you get the downslope fade lie mm-hmm. to a slightly elevated green. Then 10, you get the downslope hook lie. Yeah, 9, to, you get a downslope fade
1: lie to a green that really... It, it encourages a low fade, yeah. the lie, but the shot requires a high draw. And 10, you get the low draw lie and the shot really requires a high fade. Yeah. Um, and that's two, two holes in a row, you've got that. Um,
0: yeah, the way it, that green sits and the bunker that eats up that right, this brilliant because you got to hit something that way. Yeah. Or else it goes further away and you see that every year. Mm-hmm. The ball running away from the hole that it looks like it's going to be close and then it ends up 30 feet away. And I love that idea of
1: really to play 10 great you don't have to fade it into 10. It just presents like you kind of want to and it lands a bit softer and it's more receptive. It's where you have to draw it off the tee and hit a fade on the second shot. Um, yeah, 10 brilliant and 10 is a f- I mean, it's obviously it's been talked about the green. I guess a fair bit, but that is a really, really hard green to read. It does some mysterious things, and it's always in the shade. shade. Yeah, um, the shade with the odd little patch of sun, and it's a uh, it's a really intimate spot with the crowd, the patrons too. It's like it's a no, it's a brilliant place. I, I mean, Ten is one of my favourite sort of environments to hit golf shots in and play in the world. It's just it's just a great feeling hole. But you're
0: very happy to make par on 10. And 11 clearly is... Uh, it's the most execution-oriented hole, right?
1: Yeah. The tee shot, it got a lot narrower when they put the trees in on the right. But the first year they put the trees in on the right, it was narrower and the trees were a bit denser. Mm-hmm. They, I don't think they ever actually said that they made it wider, but I think they did. Um, maybe they made it wider on the left. I'm not sure. But it is it is a very wide fairway even still with the trees on the right. It's 50 yards wide, I think.
0: They posted on Instagram. I'd never seen it before. I hadn't seen it in that Golf Digest write-up where they have all the trees. It used to have a principal nose centerline bunker. The tee used to be behind the 10th green. Yeah. And it was almost a dogleg
1: to the right with a center bunker. So, the narrow side being on the right to get the good angle to not have to come over the water. And then most people would end up going left of the bunker and then having to go across the water. I mean, that would probably be more interesting, but the scale and space isn't there for that now. It's too short. Guys would drive it on the green from behind the 10th green now. So, now it it encourages you still to kind of drive it up the right, but really 11, everyone's just trying to hit on the fairway because everyone just kind of wants to go 30, 40 feet right of the pin, two part and get out of there. 11 and 12 are really... You would take 4-3 there every day and run to the 13th tee. How, when you hit it, you know, we see everybody bail short, right? What's that pitch like? Really tough. The Larry Mize shot? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if you go over, watch practice rounds at the Masters, you, every group that comes through, everybody's hitting a ton of those because you know you're going to be there twice or three times. Um, four times in a bad week, once in a good week. It's uh, chipping at the Masters... The grass is so short and it's generally cut towards like where you you are. So, you're hitting into the grain. I mean, it's not really grainy but it's enough to make you pay attention. Yeah. Um, And it's incredibly quick from – that's the low point of the course. When everybody talks about like the grain or the slope or the pitch or, or everything breaks towards the red dot and there's all these theories about everything. Everything breaks towards the 11th grain and the 12th grain. That's the low point. So, that whole green is savage towards the pond on the left, mm-hmm. so you're chipping uphill a little bit, not a lot, but enough to a really steep downslope. And and the the real tricky thing at the Masters, and that's probably the spot where it's most evident, is the fringes are quite slow and the greens are very fast. So you really, the best way to play it is to just get your sixty out or fifty six and just get some spin on a little pitch and land it on the green and have it grab and dribble down. But that's a really scary shot.
0: Especially with the thin kind of grass or the short grass and, and the water you, past it. And when you say like the grains against you on the chip, it just means like if you you don't get to hit that like little fat and have it go through and be okay, right? It just has to be more yeah. precise. Yeah. yeah. It's not out and out. A good shot will be good
1: off any lie. But it just is less room for error. If you, you can't catch that blade of grass before you catch the ball, or it's going to go shorter than it would if there wasn't the grain issue. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not super grainy and it's a little bit overblown, that sort of thing, the grass towards the tee, but it's just enough to make you pay attention. But so you end up maybe doing that one skip, like Larry Myers. I mean, I think it looked a little different the he's bounced two or three times on that thing. It's harder to do that now, I think, especially in a wet week like this. Mm-hmm. Um, It's one of those things you you wanna the safe play is to bump it along the ground, but you can get that wrong because the fringe catches really fast. It's a bit like over the back of fifteen too. The fringe catches the ball really quick. And if you force that just a little bit and it takes you want three bounces and it only takes two, well, it's gonna go straight in the pond. Mm -hmm. So that that and the shot from over the back of the fifteenth are the two wedge shots that will get your attention. They're really, really tricky. But it, the hole forces you to hit it there almost. It encourages you to hit it there. So Because right. that's can't, the bailout. That's the bailout. I mean, you don't want to hit it in the pond because then you've got the drop zone over oh, you got to go over the pond again. And-
0: it's like you, eventually you got to take the pond on on both those shots. Like if you if you bail right on 11, you got to take the pond on on your third shot. And if you bail long on 15, say with your second shot, you got to take the pond on with the, the chip back.
1: Yeah. And 11, I guess it's probably maybe a little untalked about. You can't just hit it short of the green. Because anything short of the green, there's these big mounds. They're just yeah. mint. They're just perfect. They're like, I don't know, 40, 30, 40, 20 yards short of the green on the right. So anything in that lands short right, like where you really want to hit it, it just, it can, it doesn't always, but it can bounce 30 yards to the left and go in the water. So you can't go five yards short of the front edge right, which is really where you want to hit it. And it's like this course has got that everywhere that, I this is where you want to go, but you can't. We're gonna make you take this on. You have to take this on in some respect. Even missing the green to the right, you have to hit it deeper than you want. You have to hit it further than you want. It's uh there's so many little subtle things like that out there that's just incredible. And so that's the probably hitting the right trees. There's there's some gaps through there and you can get it on the green, but you have to take it over those mounds that are short right of the green. And if it goes over the mound the wrong way, it just runs into the water. So you end up you hit those guys who get it all the way out of the twelfth tee. Like they're just way out there and people must be watching what are they doing but you can't risk that front right
0: short of the green because it can go in the water so then 12's gotta be the scariest shot yeah it's other than say 15 second shot
1: 12 is yeah 15 is a harder shot yeah 12 is I wouldn't it's all mostly in your head the wind can get really weird um the the kind of middle pin and the left pin And that day they have – I mean, it can be a pitching wedge. And if it's not too windy, it really isn't too difficult. But once the pin gets over on that right half of the green and maybe there's a little bit – there's a one-club wind that's – and it's true, you have absolutely no clue where it's going from. Like, it, the wind can whistle. If it's coming from the right way, it can pump down the 13th fairway and there's a massive wall of trees behind twelve. So, it seems to come down 13 fairway, kind of around the bend and hit the trees and almost bounce back towards the tee. So, all day, if you look at your your wind map or your compass in your yardage book, you know it's supposed to be down off the left or down off the right or whatever. But it actually, one minute out of every three, it can play into the wind because it's bouncing off that big wall of trees and it kind of holds up the ball. So, you know that. So, when everyone has a theory about looking at the flag on 11 or... Wait till this does that, and then hit it. Then, and I haven't. I've said two or three days there, two or three situations that were just like, oh my god, I just, I, I what do I do? because like, it's very easy to hit it in the bank over the back too. Yeah, and you, the water is the ultimate miss because then you have to do it again. Like we saw Jordan, and historically, we've seen a lot of people do that. So the right pin is tough, and taking the wind out. The wind is a is an element that has really made the whole famous, probably. But without that. The genius, especially because most golfers are right-handed in that short right is in the water and long left is over the green. And a right-hander, when they miss it left, it goes long. And they miss it right, it goes short.
0: And those are misses when you're a little unsure that pop up because you're, you're, your your te- tempo gets a little off. Right?
1: Uh-huh. And if you want to eat, The f- Nicholas is just go over the bunker, go left of the pin and put it over. And that's a great theory. But the middle of the green is shorter than where the pin is. So... If you pick that line and hit it right of that line, you're going to go in the water. So, people, I guess a lot of people would see guys hit it. And some big names and some big moments have hit it in the water on the right on 12. Well, if they're trying to play the smart play and push it, it's guaranteed to be in the water. But if you're trying to go to the pin, somewhere near the pin, and you pull it, you're going to be on that hill or over the back. And for a left hander, I think it's 50% easier. It's like a
0: half shot easier.
1: At least, yeah, because. Their pull goes long. So, Phil aims at the, Phil or Barbara aim at the middle of the green. They pull it, it gets there. They push it, it doesn't go long. So, um, if there was no angle, if the tee was 20 yards further to the right or 30 yards further to the right, it wouldn't be much of a hole. It wouldn't be the, the hole it was. It would be beautiful and famous and it would be tricky, but it wouldn't have that kind of edge of, wow. It's
0: like the importance of an angle. Yeah. Yeah, you because know? you're hitting from... Essentially, they put it in a disadvantaged angle for a right hand.
1: Yeah. On, I mean, it's genius. The front left edge... Would be, I don't have the book in front of me, but it's probably 15 yards short of the front right edge. And the back left edge is probably close to the front edge on the right pin. So if you go to the left hand side of the green, back edge will only just carry on the right. So it's, you've got to pick your spot, pick your club, hope you get the club right, pick your spot, and hit it within your five yards either side of your target, and you'll pretty much hit the green every time. But if you don't, you've got long left, which is stressful, less stressful than the water, but. It's um, And it just makes you nervous. Like, it's a beautiful, as I said, 10, 11, 12. You just want to get to the 13th tee at that point. Like, just get me there. No carnage. Maybe you're feeling it good. You Maybe you make a birdie through 10, 11, 12, whatever. It's happened. You know, you can do it. But it's definitely the, the,
0: the part of the course that can ruin your day the most. On Wednesday's pad you said that the 13th tee box is the best tee box in golf. Why is that? It's the
1: best place in professional golf by a long way. Um on one of our playing fields at least. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you're 200 yards probably, 180 yards at least from the nearest spectator. There's maybe a Masters official back there, hiding back there, and there's a CBS guy, I think, just to make sure. The camera's on a tripod, I think. I don't think he actually mans the camera, but just to make sure it's all working. And otherwise, it's completely silent. And you've come off 12, where there's that, the most beautiful noise in golf is when you make a putt on 12 and there's that, speed of sound gap right you've got that three seconds until you hear the cheers and the claps it's just fantastic i mean i don't know there's something about it that's just really rare in golf and it's just a nice feeling so you're back on 13 you're tucked away nobody can see you and you're looking at the most beautiful t-shirt in the world so it's like it's just a nice uh you're always on show you're a goldfish at something like the masters right You're you've, the, the appeal to golf i guess from a spectator a lot of times is that they're so close to us and I guess that's why that's just such a nice change for us because we're we're 200 yards really from the nearest fan. Uh, it's just a nice place, and it's just such a good hole. We're just excited. We've just come off the toughest stretch on the course, and we're about to play the the funnest stretch on the
0: course. When when you're playing in front of a crowd, how I mean, do different events cause like is there like an a point where you just stop noticing them?
1: Yeah, for sure. Usually, for me, it's odd, but I've always found the bigger the crowd, the easier it is because it all kind of blends in. I've always found the toughest crowd, the three people, four people, because it's a bit more intimate and personal and they almost feel like they can talk to you and it's a... uh, There's something kind of unnerving about two or three guys standing right near you. It's kind of... I don't know. I've always found that harder than... Or that one guy who stands behind your putt there's one guy at the putting green and he and he walks around to stand right behind the line of your putt to watch you putt and it's a perfectly fair thing for him to do and he and that's a great way to watch a putt but it's you notice that one guy but you get to the phoenix open i mean that would be a little different but you're in the masters and there's five thousand people on every hole it's just a bit of a blur it blends in and it's almost it's white noise so it's like the noise canceling headphones. It's almost you don't notice them as much.
0: Yeah, it's like you, there's constant noise. Like I was playing a tournament at Beverly in Chicago, which is like over. It's like you know, in the city of Chicago, major streets, and then right over Midway is flying over like all day, and it's the it's got to be the loudest course in 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 America. And but then like it's so funny you don't even notice it after a couple holes.
1: Yeah, it is. It's like there's a few there's a there's a few famous courses around the world that have the airports. And St. is, to be fair, is kinda of one of them. There's Lucas, the the RAF base, and there's Jets all day, and that kinda of helps a little bit sometimes. And Torrey Pines is renowned for F eighteens and F Hornets and all sorts of stuff. They're flying absolutely all day and it does create this kind of noise cancelling headphones effect. It's just you don't even notice it after a bit.
0: So then when you go back to thirteen, it's kinda of weird.
1: It is it's really really quiet and uh yeah you can hear each other talk and it's just a uh it's a very odd place when you play the masters is such a an assault on your senses there's people everywhere there's noise and it's such a, a massive week that you've got this spot on the course that's just totally silent it's uh it's actually really nice
0: What are you what are you thinking about with that 13th tee shot.
1: Well, I'm, for me, I've always kind of struggled to hit a big draw with a driver. So I, I kind of initially, initially was trying to hit three wood because a lot of guys, the longer guys would hit three woods because it's much easier to hit a hook. And I played with Freddie early days a couple of times and he had this great sweeping draw with a three wood that was kind of, I was very envious about, but it looked like the sensible way to play it. And, uh, the, the trouble really... Because once you've gone left once or twice, it spooks you for a long time about going left again. So your problem really is hitting it through the fairway. Because um, that really takes out... Well, unless you get lucky in the pine straw, it, it brings in the risk. So I would try to hit kind of three woods with a, a decent draw, but give the trees a lot of air. Like the trees are very... uh penal and everything seems to bounce in the water from the trees every single time or left of the water even and that's just terrible so i generally hit three wood and i think i ended up hitting a few more drivers um trying to get a little bit more aggressive um but i i wasn't really that great or haven't been that great in big draws of drivers so i kind of was willing to accept like a three or four right into the green i didn't really ever try to get much closer than that because i as I said, you hit one left one time and you get so burnt by being left and you just feel like you've wasted a shot or two and you've missed out on maybe the funnest shot in the course, which is the second shot. I used to give it a bit of air and I used to block a few and then you'd be way out and you'd have to lay it up, but at least that way um, you don't go left. So I would just try to sort of almost back foot a three, wouldn't hit kind of a low screaming hook. Um, that was my plan.
0: So... Missing that fairway, you you would be really mad because you didn't get to hit the second shot.
1: That's a fun shot on the course for me. Yeah. Um, it's just incredible. And what people don't—it's such a genius hole. It's almost the perfect golf hole. And if it isn't the perfect golf hole, it's probably as close as you can get to a perfect golf hole. It's strategically the the further le- the closer to the water you get, you get like a threefold advantage. You get. A flatter lie, you get closer to the green and you have a better angle. If you, The further away from the creek you are, the further from the green you are, the more the ball is above your feet and the worse your angle into the green. And it's, it's incredible how steeply or how much the ball is above your feet on that second shot. I think it surprises everyone for the first time when they hit the second shot in the 13. They hit a nice drive up to the middle of fairway, maybe around the corner a little bit, and they've got this four or five iron Three iron, four iron, five iron, with the ball legitimately six or eight inches above your feet. And that's really quite difficult.
0: (laughs) It's got to be so hard to hit it high off that lie, right? It's hard to hit it high. And it's
1: also because the trouble is short left and it goes to long right. The the way the, again, it's another angle, it's another great angle. If you had a flat lie and everything else was being was kind of different, you would want to hit a fade into that green because you could hit a shot that was basically never really going to be in the water. You could start left of the green and kind of the shortest carry. I mean, the carry to the front edge is probably 30 yards shorter than the carry to kind of the right edge of that back right pin. So you could, that safe one where you always felt, oh, well, if I hit it straight, then I'll just miss the green left, but I can kind of make birdie over there you have to, with the ball above your feet, kind of hit a draw. And so you're hanging it over the long carry and you're hanging it over the water. Um, And yeah, it's hard to hit it high. And that shot is actually, it doesn't even look at when you're standing there, but the water in the creek runs quite significantly and quite fast from the green towards Ray's Creek. It runs back towards the tee. So it's obviously quite uphill, second shot. I actually can't remember, we've got slopes in our books now, but what it plays, but it would definitely play five ten yards longer than it measures just because of the hill so you've got it's again like it is all the way around the course you've got this shot that all you want to do is hit a high fade and all the all the stance is trying to give you is a low draw
0: and the scale of that fairway is what created the the deception of the uphill on the second shot
1: i guess yeah it just doesn't seem you feel like you kind of because you come down off the 13th tee you cross the creek and you walk all the way out. You walk up uh-huh. to your ball quite significantly, really. Um, so I guess it feels like you'll come back. It kind of seems like the corner is the high point, the way it all looks and the way the trees are. And the trees on the right are so much higher than the trees, the the creek on the left. It's the second shot. Yeah, that it just feels like you should be going down to the green, but you're actually still going quite significantly up to the green.
0: That's that's really interesting. And that makes that shot even harder.
1: Yeah, it plays longer. The carry, it gets. Uh, every yard you go to the right, it gets two yards further to carry. You know, it's one of those kind of deals. It's uh but it's such a good fun shot to to pull off. I mean, it's really a massive green. It might be the biggest green on the course, but it looks tiny from back there on the fairway. And you never that sad when you miss the green left, but it's a really tricky chip from left I mean it's a crazy slopey green and it's got that same thing as 10 it's it's always in the shadows well it's in the shadows from lunchtime onwards probably
0: so if you're where you want to be it's mm-hmm. in the sh- if you're playing well and you're where you want to be on the weekend it's in the shadows so. yeah
1: it's in the shadows if you're turning off anywhere remotely close to the lead you are and it's shadows it's not definitively all in the shade there's like light patches and dark patches and like there's that ultimate uh, hard kind of light to read a green in
0: that That little back runoff area is a really tricky spot, right?
1: It's Yeah, it's super tricky. It's kind of quite a significant kind of dip. And the bunkers are actually quite high. The bunkers are almost above the height of the green. But, the, I mean, it's probably only a foot or two, that little kind of dip between the back edge of the green or the left edge and the back edge of the green on those bunkers and up towards the flowers. It's quite a significant dip. And it's enough that it's extremely slow to putt up because it's quite a steep little hill and it's it's like putting up a steep little slow hill through the fringe and then just ultra fast all the way to the water. Um, it's not where you want to be. It's clearly better than being in the water and it's better than, generally it's probably better than laying up even close to the creek, but it's still not really your favorite shot, especially if you're anywhere near the mix because it's a, uh, again, it's that, that, that speed differential between fringe and green is so great that are, you want to run it through the fringe to the safety of the putter, but it's a really hard one to get right with the putter. So you kind of end up going with the wedge, and, and if you don't get any spin on it, you don't clip it right. You catch the slope wrong. You can be 30 feet below the hole, or you can hit, chip it in the water pretty easy, or leave it down where your feet are. So it's... um. You don't want to be down there. It's better than being right, but you don't want to be down there.
0: Yeah, it's... it's gives you the ultimate reward if you take it on and pull it off the second shot, really.
1: It does. And again, it it it's that perfect situation that if you wanted to make five four days in a row, you would make five for the rest of your life. A professional golfer playing in the Masters would never not make five if his goal was to make a five because there's a 1,000 yards of fairway to the right. You could just something way out to the right, lay it up into the biggest fairway on the court because it's really 14 and 13 fairway. Mm-hmm. Um, you can lay it up as close to the creek as you want Left, right, anywhere, and it's really quite easy to hit the middle of that green in three shots. But you're never going to make four. So as soon as you try to make four or three, you um you bring in the creek off the tee because the only the easier the it's a relatively easy second shot if you're down near the creek around the corner. As I said, because it's flat lie, the angle is better, and you're closer to the green.
0: Um, The dynamics of like. Of where it is and knowing the back nine with where people can just make up ground like crazy on there. it Even if you have a four-shot lead, you kind of have to go for it, right? Well, that's it. If
1: that's The the first year or two was the fourth hole, right? Yeah. That, I, was gonna, I wanted
0: to ask you about this.
1: It would be completely different. Well, it would still be a great hole and it'd be amazing. But people would play it differently as the fourth hole because they'd probably be more willing to accept not making birdie. But when it's 13, especially late on Saturday or Sunday, you know there's a few guys in contention are going to make three or four. or everybody's going to make four, it feels like, and a bunch of guys are going to make three. So you have to kind of try to make three, and it's three or four. And as soon as you try to do that, that's when you bring in all the stress. And that's when it's a really anxiety-building hole, right? Because you have to hit two of the most high-quality shots you have to hit anywhere to get that eagle putt with all sorts of risk involved. When you really could just go bail out to the right, bail out to the right, have a relatively easy wedge with a big back stop to that Sunday pin. You can get it within twenty feet every time, but um you can't really do that when you're in the mix unless you're six in front of something. I mean even three or four in front isn't enough really. Um you it, it the situation in the tournament being six holes to play, you you really have to take on. Again, it it, it makes you it encourages you to take on shots that you might not necessarily want to take on.
0: I'm going to table my question about the the flip till later because I want to go through the, the last few before we I ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, 14, we talked about it on the front nine and three a little bit, how they are the holes where leaders pick up the most shots. So 14, no bunkers. Everybody always talks about no bunkers, but it has some of the most severe contours, right?
1: It's probably the, if anyone's never been there, which most people probably haven't, um, it's probably the green that that freaks people out the most when they see how dramatic and crazy it is. I mean, it is a massive green left to right or right to left wide. It's not necessarily that deep. It's quite, I mean, it's deep enough, but the first 15 yards of the green is completely unusable because it's one of those big kind of St. Andrews like kind of false fronts, if you like, that's really big and severe. And it's super high on the left. And it's almost like a three-tier green from left to right. So, it's really high on the left. Really small little level on the left. a medium kind of level in the middle. And then quite a big level down the
0: bottom right. Have you played Pasatiempo? I haven't played Pasatiempo. You've seen that 16th green, right? Yeah. So, it's kind of like that on the side. Yeah. I've Mm -hmm. never heard anybody describe it like that. But that's what it clicked him.
1: Yeah. So, it's a green that you... The tee shot, I think, actually, when they made that longer they moved the tee back 20 or 30 when was it either in 98 or yeah. 2005 or whenever they did those two changes um, it got longer i think the tee shot got a little bit easier with with that and the fact when they started cutting the fairways back to the tee because i think in the old days from what i hear is you had to hit a draw to keep it on the fairway because the fairway cant's very it's quite high on the left and low on the right so anything with anything with a straight or fade is going to hit and bounce and run to the right
0: but so so now there's all the same ridge that moves down 13
1: yeah it's the same it's the same hill higher up the hill but the same sort of slope and you have to hit it you've it's quite a big fairway now i think it's bigger than it was before the length actually made it a little bit easy to hit i think because it's quite hard to hit in the trees now i mean you can run it out into the right rough um which is not ideal because it's a green you want a lot of spin into but um it went from like a hook three wood i think in the old days to like just smash a driver And if you can draw it it's definitely an advantage um because again, the higher on the left you get, the flatter your stance is. So again, it's a bit like 13 in that the the closer on the inside of the dog leg you are, the flatter your stance. And the higher up you are, so the shorter the second shot plays. Um, but there's trees on the left that you. I think Dustin carried them uh, yesterday, but generally no one can. Get, they're massive trees and you kind of have to go around them. And if you hit them, they all. Again, Augusta trees. They always bounce th- towards the trouble, right? Augusta trees somehow make balls bounce into the trouble not back onto the fairway but it's I felt a relatively simple tee shot if you as long as you were not hitting a big fade for a right hander and uh get it up there to 8 nine, 9 wedge if you hit a good one and then the second shot is it changes every day with where the pin is um that famous kind of pin in the middle that they have on Sundays where anything within 20 or 30 feet left of it just goes at it just rolls towards it um that's a really fun pin to hit at when you're in the middle of the fairway. But you can get it wrong because if you miss it two feet to the right of the pin, you're going to have a 60-footer from the bottom right of the green. And that's a putt that might be the slowest putt at Augusta. You've got to smash it. So you don't want to do that. You can't miss a green short. If you miss a green short, it's, it's a one in five up and down, maybe even more. Um, and again, it's a hole you want to hit a draw into because you want the draw to be holding on the slope when it lands, but the ball is so far below your feet on the second shot, it's really difficult to hit a draw. So you end up... I usually ended up having a ball that was moving left to right, so the first bounce or the spin is kind of checking to the right, which accentuates all the slope on the green. So it's, it is is certainly a birdie hole with a good drive, but it's certainly a second shot that requires as much attention as any other second shot, because if you can't... Uh, if you don't get it on the right level, you're going to have a really long putt or a really fast putt, one or the other. And you can have putts on that green that break 25
0: feet from 25 feet. The way that green sits in that ridge is perfect to make it that way too because that whole thing kind of cascades left mm-hmm. to right and the green just sits there kind of carved out of it and then you know built up to get that little front right part.
1: Cascades is a great word. It does look like. It's water falling down the hill a little bit. That green, it's a, uh, it's an incredible green. Ben Crenshaw has said it a bunch of times. It's the most three puttable green in the world, right? I and mean, then it's, it's a crazy green, and you just you are so conscious of not missing it short, short. The first time you see it seems the miss, yeah, because it's under the hole, but, it's under the hole. You go up this massive false front, the biggest one at Augusta by a long way, um. I mean, heights, I mean, it's probably only three feet, but it seems 12 feet above you, right, when you're short of that green. And you have to smash the putt so hard and so far left of the hole because of all the break that it's, as I said, it's probably a one in five, one in ten up and down from short of the green. So everybody knows that. Um, and when the ball's below your feet and you end up kind of carving up a bit of a fade, it's very easy to miss it short of the green. So you're conscious of that so and that's a hard lie to hit that draw that you want to hit into yeah for me it always was i mean i think for everyone it's the hardest for the for the comfortable drawers like like rory and guys like that then it's probably not that big a deal but for most people it certainly makes the shape you want to hit the slope is is exactly wrong for the shape you want to hit
0: long is the miss right
1: long long and right of the pin is the miss any if You want to miss it right of the pin, but not by very much, generally. I mean, that pin in the middle, to get it close, you have to land it left of the pin and it sweeps down, but you'd still prefer it to sweep down and break and end up below the hole to the right. Long right is, you can get up and down to any pin from long right.
0: How do you miss long right, though, as a righty?
1: Yeah, it's difficult because your miss to the right is generally short, right? So, yeah. if if you can miss it to the long right, if you actually hit it straight or hit a draw, pull one off, it's going to go long, right? Yeah. Long left. And long left is a disaster. So, again, it's just a very clever use of slope. Serendipitous, I think, a little bit because you couldn't have built a different green there. Like you could only build a green that went high left to low right because of the severity of the hill. But it just it just worked. And there's some... Incredibly impossible pins that where you have maybe there's this kind of frontish left pin, which isn't really front left, but it's front left of the usable green. It's probably 25 on the green, but it's in the first eight feet of usable green on that high left side. And if it's maybe a six foot circle that you could get it close, and if you don't, you're going to be potentially a hundred feet from the hole. If you miss it one foot right of that pin, you can potentially be not all the time, it can hang on that middle tier, but. If it gets a bit of momentum off the very top tier, it goes down the middle tier and then down all the way under the lower tier, and you can have a hundred footer. And as I said, that's the slowest part of the Masters. And I think sometimes the slow putts of the Masters are the hard ones because you're so fearful of the one back if you smash it.
0: And and you've been hitting them so soft all day.
1: You're, you're so I wouldn't tentative isn't the word, but conscious of not hitting it too hard. Mm-hmm. And that one it's a little bit untalked about i think a lot of the old experienced guys talk about how slow the uphill putts are at the masters and to me they're always the difficult ones because again it's always in your head to not hit a six feet pass and you're hitting it so hard i mean a 80 footer 90 footer up two tiers up i don't even i want to know eight 10 kind of slope grade it's uh incredible how hard you have to hit it and it's really really hard to get yourself to hit it that hard because you just don't want that six footer on the way back because the six footer on
0: the way back you could potentially go back all the way down again so it's a hole that really really rewards great shots it rewards because it's really hard to make par if you're not in the right or it's really hard to make par even if you're in the wrong spot just off. Yeah, it rewards a nice tee shot.
1: Again, it's not the most demanding tee shot in the course. you got to pay a little bit of attention. But it's a very, very precise second shot to hit it close. And if you don't hit that precise second shot, you're going to have some difficulty in making par for sure.
0: Then you go to 15, which is infamous hole. I feel like just surviving it for four rounds is...
1: It's kind of like that. It depends. It generally plays slightly into the wind historically in all the tournaments i played. It doesn't really ever seem to get downwind. I mean, it can swirl a bit and it can, but it's generally probably slightly into the wind. And the tee shot is relatively easy. It's just bombs away. It's not really about accuracy. It's a little bit because down the left side, obviously those trees get into the mix, but it's that one of those free, is a free hit at it really. You can just tee off because if you don't smash it, it's the whole you, on the tee you do everything you can to be able to go for it in two. Because as hard as that second shot is and as much trouble is there with that second shot, getting it over the water in two on dry land is preferable to anything short of the water. There is nothing good short of the water. It is the hardest wedge in golf. So, by by a long stretch, I would say, with the most Train wrecks happen on the third shot, yeah. generally, not the second shot, or the drop after the second one goes in the water. Um, that wedge is just beyond brutal. So, you are very motivated to hit a good tee shot. And it was always never on the edge for me, but it was funny. It's one of those holes that in practice, you may be not quite in tournament speed yet because you're not the adrenaline isn't going and stuff. You're. I always felt like I had 240 to the pin in practice. It's like, how do people go for this? It's ridiculous. And like you would go for it in practice because it doesn't matter. and. You're hitting two irons and three irons and three woods even, and it's just like not the target for a three wood. But as the tournament comes on, usually by the fourteenth, you've kind of pretty you're swinging it pretty hard. And if you're feeling decent, you kind of seem to get it up there to 220, like three, four, five iron, kind of when you're playing really well. So you really, really, really want to. The most important thing of the day on fifteen is being able to get it on dry land for two over the pond. Because it's, as I said, just a complete nightmare of a pitch shot. And then when you get it on, it's a f- super fun second shot to pull off, though. It's uh, similar to 13, and there's a lot of history involved in that because we've seen so many people hit the shot. Uh, and the pins on the right, the pins on the right are the easy pins. That Sunday pin on the right, is the eagle pin. The, the I mean, they've moved it, they've kind of dabbled around with the Sunday pins. It's been a bit more in the middle of the green. And Sergio's was in the middle of the green a couple of years ago, and that unbelievable shot he hit. But that back right pin um is certainly the green light pin and you would go at that back right pin with almost any club if you could get it there i think
0: the slope which you know makes that right pin easier is so hard to tell on tv because it's propped up and you can't see it but if you think about where it where the green's positioned like 300 yards to the left is 13 green which is you know just running right down that slope Mm. so it's it's got a lot of pitch to it, right to left.
1: It's the same kind of hill. It's the general same hill. Once When you're at 12, the way back to the clubhouse with the routing was traversing the hill. Yeah. So 13, it's right to left. It's high on the right, low on the left. 14, it's high on the left, low on the right. And 15, it's high on the right and low on the left. It's, it's traversing the hill, kind of. That's the way to get up the hill. Um, so the fairway on 15 is relatively flat, but the green is really... A lot, very, very fast from right to left, and it's progressively shallower the further left you go on the green. So, like, the back left-hand side of the green seems to slope towards the back of the green a little bit, down towards the water on 16, whereas the right-hand side of the green seems a bit more receptive and a bit kind of into you. You can kind of stop a 3-on on on the right-hand side of the green. On the left-hand side of the green, it seems like you can't stop a wedge. So, it's kind of... I don't know how to describe that in words, but it's... It's an uphill kind of... It lands on an upslope on the like right-hand side of the green. Almost like
0: a potato chip. A wave yeah, it's got a little bit of a chip.
1: twist in it. Yeah, it's like... It's it's an uphill putt from the front right to the back right pin, and it's a downhill putt from the front left to the back left pin. You know, so it's...
0: Hitting wedges into greens that run a little away. Yeah. Do you think that's one of the hardest shots?
1: Yeah, the shot of... The wedge shot... um, which is why you don't want to miss the fairway or neck your tee shot, is the instinct when the pin is on the left, and I got burnt by this in 2007, but um, the instinct is to lay it up down the right because the pin's on the left and you feel like you're going to kind of create a bit more room on the green. And But the further right you are on the fairway with that wedge shot from 100 yards or 80 yards, you are landing it on a, that pretty significant downslope of the green from right to left. And the first bounce is so big that if you land it anywhere near pin high, it's just one bounce over the back. And we've all seen that shot a lot. That wedge that lands next to the pin and just goes bounce over the back. So, you, you're you off a downslope on that, as I said, that that fairway grass that demands precision. Meaning it's not difficult, but it demands precision. Like, it, it's unforgiving. It's an unforgiving lie, especially with a wedge. So... I initially was trying to lay it up on the right, and in 2007 I laid it. It was that crazy, ridiculous Saturday when it was 34 degrees, and the, the year that Zach Johnson won. And we're all shooting over par, but um, I think I was somewhat in the mix, two or three behind. I think with four holes to play on Saturday, and I wedged two in the water, and I laid it up down the right, and landed my 60 like on the front edge, and it just spun off the green into the water, and then I got stubborn and dropped it in the same spot, and, or maybe I walked up two yards, or no, I didn't do that. I think the Tiger Woods thing. I can't remember whatever I did, but. I just did it again because the fear of that one bounce over the back is really there. And it's such a downslope. So, your wedge comes out low. So,
0: doesn't carry quite as far. doesn't carry
1: quite as far. And that first bounce is going to be such a big long bounce because mm-hmm. it's coming in fast. You know, that downslope wedge with a lot of spin, it's landing fast. It's like yeah. skidding on like, it's almost like it skids a lot when yeah, it lands. Yeah, it
0: grabs on like the second or even third bounce. Yeah, it doesn't grab on the first grabs. bounce.
1: It grabs on like the third bounce. So, eventually, if you lay it up, I think the true experience lays it up as far left as they
0: can. And so, that was the second time you'd played it. So, this is something, this is an example of like the course hadn't fully revealed mm-hmm. itself.
1: And, and, I, and I'd, I, I learned it early, my second master's, and yeah. I always, if I had to lay it up then, I would go out of my way to lay it up as deep to the left as I could. Even in the semi-rough on the left is the, the first cut. Is uh, better than anywhere on the right because again, it's a bit like 13. The further left you are, the flatter your stance. And if you go way left and have a distance where you can get some spin, you can even to that back left pin or that left pin, you can hit a pitch that lands 20 or 30 feet kind of right of it and kind of spins left because it comes back down the hill and you can get it. And it's a very receptive, it's a safe way to play the shot. But from the right, it's. It's really difficult. I mean, it's really difficult to describe unless you've been there, but the f- every yard you go to the left, the more the, re- the more receptive the green gets because the more it kind of you're turning
0: it becomes it big. into an upslope. Yeah. It's like when you have like a, a really fast downhill putt that moves, how you can slow it down by hitting it into the slope.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're hitting it into the slope. It's like starting the ball into the wind, it just slows mm-hmm. it down. Like it's the first bounce is now going to be a sensible distance. And again, the further left you are, the flatter your stance. So now you can hit a pitch with a bit more flight. The green is quite deep on the right and really shallow on the left. So if you're at the left, you can kind of create more green depth by hitting it quite a lot right of the pin with all the depth and maybe use a bit of backspin to get it. So you don't really have to risk landing it near the water when you're pitching it from the left. But still, it is. I think if you asked guys in the field, if it wasn't the tee shot on 12, the, if they had to pitch into 15 would be most guys least favorite shot in the course or the one they're most trying to avoid i mean it's inevitable usually once in a week you're gonna have to do it and some weeks four times i mean zach johnson did it four times that year which is outrageously good um and some years it gets long and it's into the wind and, and guys are laying it up a lot and that's when you see carnage you guys backing the balls off the green all the time and i guess people watching you're like well why are these guys why don't these guys just hit it past the hole but over the back is the toughest up and down at the Masters probably. So, it's, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, it's neither option. short's are short, st- of clearly, terminal and long is. I mean, Phil's got that shot, but not many others, right? It's a really, from one or two yards over the back of 15, it's doable, but it never stops one or two yeah, yards yeah. over. It just keeps running down. And 10 yards over the green, you've got that that thing that I've been kind of describing the whole time is that really, really slow fringe because yeah. it's quite steep and... The way they cut the grass and how fast the greens are, there's some massive speed differential between the fringe and the green. So, is it is it a one-bouncer and check? Because if you go for two or three bounces, it generally doesn't get to the green. Or you've got to hit it so hard to skip it through for three bounces that you're risking it very easy to just blow it back into the water.
0: Yeah, because Bermuda's got a little sticky versus if it was fescue, you'd just be able to bump it right up.
1: If it was fescue, it would be completely different. Yeah, because the speed difference would be less. It's the speed differential between green and fringe in shots like that. Plus, it's quite a significant, like, slope you end up going down. Like, those trees where guys end up down when they their 4 irons they catch the swirly wind. And that's another one where the wind really plays tricks, that second shot in the 15. Um, for whatever reason, maybe it's the ponds or the water or quite a lot of open space around there, the wind
0: is very hard to get right or to trust. Chipping from back to the right side of the green is that easier than
1: yeah everything on that side of the green or is it is really easier.
0: hard everything it, it
1: could- on the the right hand side of the green as you play the hole from the t is it's easier to go to that side from everywhere because it's even from flatter, behind it even from behind it. the ones on the left those pins on the left um from behind it it's as i said it seems to slope from front to back over there but I don't, it's such a shallower part of the green, and you generally, when you're chipping from over the green, you're, if the pin is left, you're right of the pin. No one really misses that left of the pin on 15 when the pin's on the left, because everyone's giving it air to the right. So if you're 20 feet right of the pin and 10 yards over the green for that left pin, you've got a pitch. You've got that pitch where you've got to get the bounces right or do the fill super flop thing, and it's going to hit and break straight to the right. It's it's uh, it's just a really hard shot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, uh I mean, we've seen, you're not the only guy that's had that hole, bite him, like Sergio last year, Cabrera a couple of years. Cabrera played it like, I want to say 10 over the whole week and he made the cut somehow. But uh, then you go to 16. He's 16 you said that that hole might have been your favorite Masters moment ever in 2011.
1: 2011, fastest moment. 16, there's two days where it's the funnest hole in the course and there's two days where it's the least fun hole. Right, just the pins. The two low pins, uh, generally Thursday and Sunday, are um, really fun. I mean, historically, everybody knows the shot on Sunday, and Thursday's really is is similar to anywhere thirty or forty feet right of the pin. It's going to go towards. It's kind
0: of where a lot of balls end up on Sunday is Thursday's pin. It's Thursday's
1: pin. pin, yeah. Um, and it's really fun, and it's a famous shot, and it f- legitimately feels like if I can throw this out in that. 20, 30-foot area somewhere out in the right, I'm a hole-in-one chance or a real chance to hit it close here because it's one of those funnel pins. It just all seems to go towards that Sunday pin. And Thursdays, like you said, the Sunday when the guys just kind of maybe come out of it a little bit and hit that kind of weak high thing, it still rolls back down the slope and it ends up where Thursday's pin is. So those days are really fun. Friday and Saturday pins generally, that front ride on Friday and the back ride on Saturday are excruciatingly difficult. The one, the front right one on both areas are, again, maybe six, 12-foot circles, maybe six foot from the hole on Friday to, to stay up there in a good spot. And if you don't, you're either down the hill or you miss the green to the right. And just off the right edge is okay for that Friday pin, that front right one. And that front right bunker is not too bad. It's not great. It's not too bad. But generally, you end up with that 30, 40-footer up the hill. And if the front right pin, if you're you've got to be careful not to miss it very much past pin high. If you're short of pin high, that front right pin, it's a pretty much just a straight bang up the hill. It's not incredibly difficult. But it's every yard you get past the pin left, down the bottom tier putting with that front right one, the putt can break 15, 20 feet. you got to it's really kind of severe because now you're putting across the tier a little bit and the tier just sweeps it to the right and it's really easy to just have it leave it back down and putt it down to the front edge
0: and if you miss left it usually goes long
1: if you miss left it goes long right so again this is a genius of augusta it's uh it's really difficult to miss that one where you miss it so you really can't where well, you want to miss it so you really can't try to miss it you really just have to like try to hit the great shot you really do it's uh all, always with always it in your mind that you don't want to be 25 feet past the hole in the bottom tier because if you putted from from Sunday's pin to Friday's pin would be a 1 in 10 two putt, I would say. It's a, it's a putt that would break 20 or 30 feet and the last 15, 20 feet of it is straight down the hill. Yeah, Really, really tough. But you manage it because it's usually the front tee on Friday and it's like the 9-iron or something and if you're playing well it sounds crazy to people, but if you're playing well in the Masters and you're contending, getting it within 6 or 10 feet of the hole with a 9 iron isn't that outrageous a prospect, like a prospect. Um, now, the pin on the, the Saturday pin, that Nicholas and 75 pin, it is an incredibly small area. I mean, anything left of the pin, anything is going down the hill to, to Sunday's pin. Uh, I I don't know how many balls can land left of that and stay up. It's an, it's an amazingly slopey green and it's a really, really small area. You can hit it right of the pin and it'll stay there but if you hit it in that right bunker, you're not going to make par. You're going to have to two putt from 40 feet for bogey. Okay?
0: And, right, and right of it is it's a nervy shot because you know anything past it's gone.
1: Anything past it's gone. Yeah. It's just an incredibly small area. It's just one of those the Augusta on every green really. Not every green but at least half, 12 of the greens have some incredibly tiny areas that I mean the high pin on six is the same and five's Four, got a 14 forward. 14 have these really really small it's like a blank a picnic blanket to hit it into and if you don't you're going to have a long two-part so that's pressure on the shot and against that same sort of feeling the only way you can really hit a great shot there onto those really small pins to hit those really precise shots is to swing it free and loose and you it's hard to get into a free and loose mindset when you know all the bad things that can happen. You get protective, and the protective swing usually goes short and it dribbles down the tier, and now you've got this, again, an incredibly slow putt, that Nicholas up the hill, and then the 75 putt. You've got to hit it really, really hard with the idea that you don't want to hit anywhere past the hole.
0: Yeah, and you, you don't know. want it coming back to your feet. Which
1: we've seen a lot. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't show that sort of stuff on TV that much, but it happens during the tournament quite a lot. Guys will putt up to that pin and it'll just roll back to your feet. It's... Uh, and then Sunday. I mean, it's the funnest pin in golf. It's uh, brilliant fun.
0: It's with the way they set it up. Sunday, it's ingenious too because twelve, it's in the toughest location on the green, and sixteen, they give you a chance to score coming in.
1: Yeah, it's the easiest location. I mean, coming in thirteen is in probably one of the easiest spots on the green, but you've got to hit an incredibly two incredibly high quality shots to, to have that eagle part. and if you do you, you, you earn it you know you really earn it. 15 you earn your eagle part. like you really do you've got to if you're hanging on and you're nervous and you hit 15 green in two you are you deserve everything I mean that is a really tough thing to do. 16 it gives you a chance to make up for something you might have done on 15 and it gives you a chance to kind of solidify your advantage or continue your good stuff and it's what a spectator hole i mean that there, there couldn't be many better places to watch golf than 16 on sunday at the masters i mean you're going to have 25 balls when they land you think might go in um quite often it seems the last 10 years there's been one or two hole in ones i mean quite regularly every couple of years it seems like we have a couple um that's another one of those holes it feels like they have that pin so dialed in that if they want hole in ones they can almost
0: orchestrate them almost they can move it Four inches one four way Four inches
1: or. one way other. The four inch one, it doesn't go in. Four inches the other way, that's the one where it might go in. Um, it's incredible. And then, again, if you hit the the smart shot and you can somewhat get it under the hole, it's a relatively easy putt. But if you hit it past the hole, it's just a putt. Again, I mean, you can make the putt break as much as you want. I mean, Tiger's chip. So if you're on the back left edge of the green, you could hit it kind of straight with a bit of speed or you can make the putt break 30 feet if you wanted to. You know, it's just one of those... uh. Crazy situations, but what a hole and what an environment and the whole the whole setting there and it's just uh and that's the meat end the business end of the tournament. And that's usually when there's the it's quite close to the fifteenth green, so uh, you're very aware of what the people are doing on fifteen when you're playing sixteen and vice versa, and there's always action and activity.
0: I wonder if there's like a correlation between the guy that hits the great shot on 15 coming right into six, because I always feel like the run comes 15, 16. I think it's really hard for a guy to, in very, I don't think a lot of guys have ever done it where they've, you know, there are guys that have done it, but you get on those runs in golf, like you run through 12, 13, 14, then 15, you might stall, but then then there's the 15, 16 run. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you can go uh three two. Yeah. You've seen that. And you can go three seven, one seven four, three one. I mean yeah. it's it- a uh it's an incredible place in tournament golf, maybe kind of the coolest spot. Because again, sixteen if you sat on sixteen on Sunday, you can see fifteen generally from most seats probably. So you're you're very aware of two of maybe the most pivotal holes on the course. They're right in front of you. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. I I keep thinking about Sergio, where he made that great par on 13, and then 15, he hit a close. 16, 16 here hit it really close, but he didn't make the putt. That's a tough putt if you're past it.
1: If you're past it, it's incredibly difficult.
0: Super like even fast. Even if you're four feet.
1: Yeah, four feet. It breaks a lot. I mean, no one likes to hit four foot as much outside the hole, but you really have to just trust that it's going to break. And you've got to hit it a foot outside the hole almost. Like even more, maybe, sometimes. It's a, And again, it's in the shadows. It's in the shade. You can't quite see it as clearly. Um, you're very aware that if you let it go low, it's going to go six or eight feet past, even at no speed. Um, very, very. To, to make the hole in one, to hit it really, really close, you have to almost get it past the hole off the tee to the right and have it come back towards it. But again, if you pull that a little bit, you're going to be long down where Tiger was, yeah. or even at the back edge of the green, and you've got you've got your you've got your work cut out
0: just two putting. Did you play 17 with the Eisenhower tree? Yes. Yes. What was the effect of losing that?
1: Uh It looks quite a lot wider, but effectively I don't think it changed it for us too much because we were generally flying Eisenhower tree by the time I played it. We were hitting the one after, the one that's in now, or the there was a one after it that mm-hmm. I think they planted 30 years after the Eisenhower tree, but it, that became the problem for us because it was the Arsenal tree was quite short, not quite short, but we could mostly fly it. Um, but it was visually less intimidating when it was gone. Uh, again, a relatively—I mean, the trees on the right—they got introduced at some point. Ninety-eight was it? Um, or two thousand and five? Yeah, one of those changes. Yeah, two thousand and five. Two thousand and five. Um, relatively uh, easy tee shot. But it's a tee shot that gets your attention. And again, it's another one of those you really want to hit it hard and hit a good one. because It's uphill. It's uphill. Yeah. The ball's not going to run anywhere. And you get a big advantage for getting it to a certain distance because it's on the flat and the ball runs out a bit. But if it flies 10 yards shorter, it just hits and stops. You can have a semi-blind six sign into a green that's... From an upslope. From an upslope. That, yeah, 17 might be my favorite green on the course just because I like the green. But yeah, you don't want a six iron that's semi-blind. And again, the wind is kind of whistling. There's no trees anywhere to the right of the green. Say the trees on the right of the fairway kind of end 100 yards short of the green. So it feels like one of those spots where the wind can kind of whistle through. And over the back, again, it's an interesting green. Over the back of the right-hand side is completely terrible. So when the pins are on the right half of the green, you have to miss it short of the green or short of the pin. Yeah, And if the pins are on the left, you want to miss it past the hole. It's a it's a front to back green on the right, and it's a or it's a back to front green on the right, and it's a front to back green on the left.
0: It's actually one of the rare holes that worked. Against, works against the lefty, the greens. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And so you can't really tell the wind when Rose was coming down. That Sergio Masters, I remember Rose ended up in that front bunker to that back pin on Sunday. This it death. It's is such a hard shot to hit all the way there.
1: It is tough because again you are so conscious of over the back. Yeah, Scott Hokie, that incredible shot in 1989 from over the back to what four or five feet. That is that's again it's a one in ten up and down from, and that's really high the back right hand side of the green and it runs down to the 18th tee, so it can really go a long way below the level the surface of the green. Again, up one of those really slow hills onto a really fast downslope. So a lot of people hit it in that front right bunker because they're just if you're between clubs you have to pick the shorter one. You can't cruise on a longer one. You just can't because you just... You can get it up and down from the front right. It's really difficult, but you can, but you just basically can't from long right. So you'll see a lot of balls either in that front bunker for those right side pins or like running off that kind of falsy front on mm-hmm. the extreme right of the green. And that's a relatively easy up and down. So it's, it's all relative on the 17th hole of the Masters, but um, you can do it from there. And you don't really want to be on the left-hand side of the green because that's one of the greens where the whole raised creek is the low part of the course phenomenon is uh very evident the putt from the left hand side of 17 to the right it's it seems like an uphill putt but it's actually quite downhill um but at least it plays downhill because of the grain or the slope or raised creek or whatever it is so you've got that 20 footer from 30 footer 40 footer from left that you feel like you have to bash but you you actually have to hit it quite a lot softer than you think. And that's... When it looks uphill, your brain gets confused when it's downhill. And it looks uphill, but it isn't really. It might be flat. It might not be downhill, but it's certainly not uphill as it looks.
0: And th- that's where not having, like, the contour books is so big now because that would just tell you it's that way.
1: That would tell you that's why. But I still think there's an element that the the green books, that they just... you You can, like... Logically see that it's not uphill, that it's downhill, but your brain still sees what it sees and it sees uphill, you know. Um, that's optical, the intuition. It's an optical illu- a little bit of an optical illusion that green sometimes. Um, so it's a uh 17 is a really incredibly difficult, difficult green. I mean, that back left pin, I think they did it on Friday, is a really fun pin because you can kind of filter things down in towards it and you can miss it just over the green. You see, a lot of guys will chip it in from just over the back or whole shots from just over the back. Um. So the left pin short is bad, long is good. The right pin short is good, long is bad. Again, completely changing the way you approach the second shot just by moving the pin, which mm-hmm. is again it happens all the way around the course.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's neat. There's variety too with how it with the other holes on the back where you know long left is mostly dead.
1: Yeah, long generally is dead, but Augusta and Four or five spots is kind of sneaky in that it doesn't look like long would be decent, but in some situations, long is actually pretty good, and short is actually awful, and fourteen is fourteen is definitely like that, and seventeen on the left hand side is definitely like that too I mean short on seventeen isn't on the left isn't awful, but it's markedly easier from past the pin on that left pin
0: if you if you didn't hit any of the greens but were in all the right spots, it would be pretty easy to shoot around par right.
1: Yeah, if you're a nice chipper and you've got a decent short game, it doesn't present anything other than just a relatively normal challenge from the right miss on every hole for every pin. There is a correct miss for every hole and every pin. It's just really difficult to work out what that miss is because it's not often what you think mm-hmm. and it's they're difficult spots to hit it into. It's, uh, it, It's often difficult to work out where the miss is at the Masters and it's always difficult to miss it there if it's always difficult to miss it
0: in the right spot hard to figure out and then even harder to get to
1: yeah i mean not always they if you put the easy pin on every green there's eight or nine pins that if you're hitting it well you're going to have lots of short birdie parts yeah. but there is five or six really hard pins on every single green that you could if they really wanted to they could get the whole field shoot over par in a day i think really if they really like went to the hardest pin on every green it'd be incredibly difficult to shoot under par
0: yeah hard, hard pin day I hard guess. pin
1: day yeah battle is, of attrition
0: is the 18th tee shot as claustrophobic as it looks
1: it's very narrow um and i've seen jordan did it last year he caught that tree right and it kind of stopped his great round um or it, it bit of a black a little bit of a I don't know, a sad finish to an incredible run, right? Did he shoot 64? 63, 64. Shot 64 with a bogey on 18. Um, And he caught that tree. Now, I've seen guys do it in practice, and I think I've done a couple of guys do it in the tournament, but generally, it's probably wider than it appears. It's a very narrow kind of corridor, and it's a tough tee shot. But for me, it was always one of my more comfortable tee shots on the course, because my miss is right not left my miss was always a a, kind of a weak kind of drift to the right if i didn't like really smash it it would be not right but drifting just kind of right
0: yeah faders eat filet hookers eat hamburger
1: There (laughs) there you go so uh and after they made it longer i struggled to get it to the bunkers um it's 290 or 300 hill up uphill to that bunker on a fairway that really it rolls about three yards because it's yeah, really never uphill. rolls. well it's really steep uphill um you saw him bounce a bit more in the old days um but when they kind of started cutting every fairway back towards the tee like that it just took it just took enough off the first bounce so it just pretty much hits and stops on 18 so for me i just aimed at the bunkers and smashed it as hard well as I could and generally if i missed it that would just drift off to the right middle of the fairway and if i had it straight then it probably didn't get to the bunker and I was fine um, but the second shot i found really difficult because,
0: again... So, so that's a really hard ho- driving hole for a guy that hits a draw.
1: Yeah, for Which Fleetwood I- or McIlroy, that's a tough shot. Like these big drawers um, who struggle to move the ball left to right. Jason Day, he hits three. He doesn't really love moving the ball left to right as much as he does the other way. Um, these guys, it's quite tricky. And again, the longer you get, the harder it gets. The really long guys really have to be wary of those bunkers because they're deep and they're no fun. You can hit it on the green out of them, but you just much prefer not to be in them.
0: 17 better for a fader too, right? To a certain extent.
1: Probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially... Uh, well, Eisenhower's tree kind of makes you want to hit a draw. Yeah. Um, and there's, again, some, a bit of overhang on the left off the tee on 17 to someone who's hitting the big fade. So, I don't know. I mean, it looks like you want to draw it off the 17th tee. It doesn't really... You don't need to hit it either way on 17. You can hit whichever tee shot you want, but it, it's... It, your eye gets drawn to hitting a draw. 18 is definitely not a draw T shot. Um, and the second shot, I always found difficult because it's an, a really extreme upside you're hitting it off and you're hitting it up a long hill. I mean, if it's 160, you got to the pin, it's playing 175. Like, it's playing a lot longer than it measures. And it's off up soaps again, my miss, particularly off up soaps, if I missed it, I missed it right. And mm-hmm. so you miss it in that right bunker, which is very rarely a good spot I mean, it's okay to the back right pin oh that's kind of the back pins um but to that sunday pin that right bunker it seems like it would be
0: the miss but it's a really really tough shot do you think it, that upslope's the upslope's the hardest one to manage your distance
1: yeah again because it it wants you to go short right the ball goes up in the air and ends up short and that's one of the, you don't want to be short there either i mean it's Again, there isn't a good miss on eighteen on the green. Um, maybe over the back on the back tier. You know, those guys just dribble the putts out of the fringe and roll it down to the hole. You see, most guys get it up and down from over the back on eighteen, don't you? Into that back mm-hmm. pin, but left of the green on eighteen runs down into the patrons, and that's a that's an awful kind of spot to be. Um, and that right bunker, as I said, it's no guarantee. Look off a good lie. If you could find a bit of an upslope and a good lie, it would be a relatively simple bunker shot for most tour guys to get it up and down from that right bunker. But you generally don't end up on the upslope at a really perfect lie. You end up on the flat or a downslope and it's the last hole you the round at the Masters and you really just want to get in and there's a bunch of people around and it's not really the shot you love. Um, but again, that that front pin on 18 that we've historically seen a lot of people make birdie, where people hold that putt from, the Marco mirror putt and the... All those parts from twenty feet right out of the pin, you've got probably a thirty foot circle to hit it, like depth and width, and you'll have that part. It'll run up the tier and run back, or it'll just land and roll to that spot. It'll generally end up there. But if you miss that thirty foot circle, um you're gonna have some problems.
0: Yeah, that it's like anything, it's the the whole theme of the place. If you hit it in the right spot, you've got a good look. But,
1: yeah, and some days the birdie days or the days they set up for people to go low or the holes, the specific holes when they set up to go low, you've got massive circles of areas to hit it into and the ball will go towards the hole. And then the very next day, they move the pin 20 feet across the outside of the green and you've got absolutely minuscule targets to keep it near the hole. And if it doesn't, it repels 50 feet away from the hole all day. So it's it really is a, a course that just purely by the pin positions they can completely change the way you feel about your swing, the way you score, the putts you're going to have. It's um, it's an ama- every hole can play difficult, and every and generally most holes, not all holes, but most holes could play somewhat easy with with simple pins or the fun funnel pins and the repelling pins. I mean, every hole can play just so brutally difficult. And again, it, w- the genius again usually is. It makes you tight and scared to miss it. And that's when you don't hit precise shots. You hit imprecise shots when you do that. And that's where it catches you out. That's why you see guys like Phil. And uh, Phil win the tournament a lot because they've got that cavalier win or it doesn't matter kind of attitude. And that really is the only way to to kind of truly contend at the Masters consistently is to be a little bit cavalier about it. You've got to play well. You can't miss it. But it rewards free swinging aggression.
0: This is a great way to put it. It's uh, that close; it kind of tightens up after sixteen, where it's a little, little tough close. Yeah, you got thirteen,
1: fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. With the traditional Sunday pins, you have every chance to have four birdies in a row there. Or two thousand eleven, I birdied twelve through sixteen. Actually, you got every chance. Then you stand on seventeen, and you are you are earning your two pars. Like mm-hmm. if if you have to par the last two holes to win the Masters, and you do. Every golfer who's ever played there is going to take their hat off and go, "Well done." They are not easy par. Seventeen's not re- re- not that long, and guys have relatively short shots in there. But I it's one of those rappel pins where you really don't have a very big area to hit it into. And if you don't hit it in that area, you're going to have a really tough time making par. And eighteen is is kind of similar. That front pin, it's a very birdieable pin, but if you miss that area, you're going to have an awful time making par.
0: My question, I you know, I've tabled. If you flip the the nines when they were originally done, the way the first two tournaments were played would have been the front nines, the back nine. And you'd almost have the reverse effect of the nines where your really tough holes would be the middle of the back nine. But then the last three, with seven being a short par four, Mm -hmm. par five, short par four, would be almost a different dynamic, right?
1: It would I think it would be completely different. And again, whether this was the genius of Roberts and Jones kind of just seeing that, or they like the logistics of it, or they liked the feel of the first hole rather than the tenth as a first hole. You, you know, I mean the the tenth would be a beautiful first T shot. You know, everyone gets it running it down the hill and um It's really wide. Yeah. It's they're both nice first holes, right? Um Actually, they're both tricky holes, but nice tee shots to get the field away. Um, again, either serendipitous or genius or a bit of both. You know, just this kind of sense and feeling that, you know what, there's more drama on this back nine as we know it than there is on the other one. I mean, seven, eight, nine, there's there's drama, but there's no water. Mm-hmm. There's probably no doubles. There's, there's there's no real double bogeys, you know. Um the, the score, the 13 is legitimately four to seven, the score, three to seven, the scoring range. Yeah. 14 is three, four and five, maybe even a six. 15 is three, four, five, six, seven. 16 is two to five, you know. There's much more dramatic swings you're going to get in the scores through those holes and seven, eight, nine, you, you could get par birdie par really, really regularly, Um You probably won't see many doubles on seven. You'll see no doubles on eight. eight.
0: One the whole last year.
1: Nine you can mess up, but it's a pretty wide fairway. And really, if you had to make par, you can find a way to just kind of miss it long right of the pin and just find a way to make par right. But there's 13, 14, 15, 16. You can be six under or six over with a few bad swings or a few good swings.
0: And I that's guess the the drama. Only...
1: that's what makes the Masters is the swings and the drama. Like the, you're never too far back really with five or six holes to play on the front. You would be.
0: The only other course that's got that kind of three-hole dynamic on the back is Sawgrass with 16, 17, 18. Right. Sawgrass
1: does it well too. I mean, that was again the genius of Pete Dye. Uh, it was 16. It's three to seven, right? I mean, it's but it's it's eagle to double. Yeah. 17 is two to. Whatever you want. <laughs> and 18 is maybe the hardest 18 hole anywhere in the world. So you uh, you get a chance to kind of solidify your score on 16. And it's just, you can maybe make a birdie on 17 with a good shot, but you can have a train wreck. Because the ner- much nervous wage on 9 on, you're never going to have an 18. It's just two of the best shots you'll ever hit, or you're going to miss a great.
0: Yeah. And then it, with like US Open, where you have the long rough, it just mutes the, the dispersion of scores.
1: I think you you end up the US Open's at least in my lifetime have been hang on for dear life um when well, my one I part, I was the only one to par the last four holes in the last eight groups or something like it's so the guy who made the most pars is the guy who won the tournament the masters that's never going to be the case
0: that dynamic of 17 18 at augusta is like the last six at usl yeah
1: it's the first it's the last 18 yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's good point um it's just i don't know it's just the perfect uh golf course along with a perfect venue and conditioning and history and tradition and everything else it's the perfect kind of in the middle of the back nine you start the back nine like you pay attention and then it's like well here's your chance and then it's like well now you've taken your chance now you gotta you gotta prove it you've gotta like uh reconcile your score or solidify your score or you know you're not you don't get away that easy you know you gotta you can't just go five under from 13 to 16 and then just yeah like fake your way in I mean, you gotta all of a sudden you've got four real golf shots in the last two
0: holes and 16 is the one place on the entire back nine really where you can you can hit a shot that might be average and have it turn out really good. Yes. Yeah, and there's a few again. Those big, those
1: big bucket pins, or those kind of you would say not repelling pins. The ones that are, the balls the pin seems to attract the ball. There's that low one on seven that they use. There's the bottom one on six. There's the low one on sixteen. There's that middle one on fourteen. There's those. There's a bunch of holes out there. Nine, that kind of front pin, guys can hit it pretty close from anywhere around it, the ball just seems to get attracted towards the pin. There's a lot of opportunity if you're hitting good shots to hit it inside 10 feet eight times in a day. With with shots that aren't really normally, wouldn't be inside 10 feet anywhere else. But you have a lot of times that week where you could hit shots that would normally be 10 feet that they're 50 feet.
0: Yeah, this is the contour is what's the amazing thing. Is it, Doak talked about it in a pod, Tom Doak, about the how he wishes at some of his courses he could put signs on bumps that said, like, if you're reading this, you're on the wrong side of this contour. Yeah. And that's like what you were talking about with 15 when you're coming from the right, totally on the wrong side of that versus the left if you're coming in on on the third shot. And
1: there's so much counterintuitive, like almost for the guy who understands strategy at first, Augusta's almost harder. It tricks you. It tricks you because the common logic, on 15 for the left pin would be to lay it up down the right, which is what I did. And it's just completely awful over there. You want to actually be almost down in the left rough. so And that happens all the way around the course, like long right on 14. It's the same. It's kind of counterintuitive. Long left on 17. Um, Long is generally bad everywhere in the world, right, on fast green courses. But the third, long is doable. Short is not. Um, It's... And again, the slopes... The use of slope, the course is on quite a hill. The clubhouse is quite a long way above the 12th green. Um, I don't know how many feet, 200 feet. I don't mm-hmm. know I'm Sure, it's documented. Um, but it's the traversing the slopes. They don't necessarily go straight up and down the hills. That's what they go, happens they a lot of times on the
0: hillside courses
1: is it gets really repetitive up they and down. They go up and down, whereas Augusta goes across. And so you, and the genius of Jones and McKenzie were, and everyone else who's had their kind of hands on it along the way it's the slope on the fairway almost always is the opposite of the shot you want to hit so they built greens that reward shots that the fair the slope on the fairway is making you do the other one and it's all the way around the course it's um as i said uh it's a bit fortunate and it's great architecture great routing it's just one of those kind of magic kind of coming together's of things that just makes it really, really work, and it provides a, an incredible golf course for the average person to play. I mean, it would be as fun as everybody thinks it really would, because the 18 handicapper, once he kind of if he could get his nerves out of the way and get out of the fact that it's he's at the Masters, play it two or three times sensibly, he would be shooting his handicap or under it every time with a good caddy who told him where to hit it. You can keep it out of trouble all day if you want. There's almost no forced carries, really. I mean, 12 is a forced carry, but it's a pretty short hole. And 15, you could even go around it if you wanted to. They're not, there's no real forced carries. There's no rough off the tee. You can hit the ball along the ground all day except for probably 12 and 15. And you could play to your handicap pretty comfortably and have a really good day. But as soon as you start trying to break your handicap by much, that's when it all gets too hard. And that's the thing. Like Every day, you, it's, you, you go on these cycles. You... You start conservative when you get there because you're scared to get it wrong and you gradually realize you've got to get more aggressive, more aggressive, more aggressive and you start thinking I've got this place, I've got this place and then you get aggressive and have an average day and you hit a few bad shots and you have train wrecks everywhere and then you go all the way back to the beginning and you get conservative again and then you go through that. You get more and more confident, and more aggressive and then you go back. It just, It's just eventually the more aggressive you get, the, you're just going to get burnt at some point.
0: I, a guy... Uh... A betting guy I read, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Ben Coley, started listing rounds in the 60s from guys. I think that's because from what I'm hearing, when you push it, if you feel it's got to be really hard after you get it one day, when you get the court, when you got it, you know, you you walk off the course. you yeah, got, I really got that. The next day has got to be hard because if you don't, you you never seem to have the same stuff after a really great round. No, it's never quite the same as it when you have a mid sixties or, or
1: relatively for everybody like that low round that four or five six under your handicap or your level or whatever it is. The next day is really difficult, right?
0: But then you're trying to get it like you got it yesterday.
1: Uh huh. And it's and again the holes can change so much. I mean a lot of them stay. I mean. Six or seven of them stay pretty much the same wherever the pin is. The first is always a tough hole. Whatever happens into the green, ten is a tough. Two. There's no real easy pins on ten. There's no easy way to play ten. Eleven's the same pretty much every day. I mean, a little bit different, but but then you'll get holes like two, which will have really crazy tough pins and then really easy pins. And you'll get six with just the most outrageous pin high on the right and a really really the left hand side of the green. Oh, it's a, you kind of take a breath and everybody hits it close, you know. And sixteen again, there's the two easiest pins of the of the week. At the Masters, and the two hardest pins of the week might all be on sixteen. You know, and that's genius architecture, really, because you get a different challenge every day. And you think you've got sixteen worked out? Well, put the pin up the top. You're not gonna have it worked out. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's really good. And the variation, the, the variation in score from hole to hole and day to day is the sixty-six on Thursday is completely different from how you have to do a sixty-six on Friday. Because the holes that were easyish on Thursday are probably going to be really tough on Friday, and vice versa. So it's, uh, with the exception of thirteen and fifteen, I mean they're traditionally the holes that people make birdies in the par fives. But you, you play one hole easy one day, and then the next day those those easy ones are hard, and the hard ones yesterday are a little bit easier. And it's uh, it's the drama, it's the fluctuation, it's the it's the range of scores that it makes you shoot on each hole that keeps it endlessly interesting
0: yeah endlessly interesting so the way that's a great way to describe the masters you know
1: it is and and for the masters sake they have there is such an their advantage one of their big advantages is then they've you play a tournament at the same course every year and they pay attention to every single shot there's people watching every part and every shot and and they understand their pins to within six inches and they understand the weather and how soft or firm the fairways are, the pace of the greens they can get, their sub-air system, the agronomy at that point, the humidity, the temperature, I mean, absolutely everything. And they they can't dictate a score, but they seem to be able to create the drama that they need and the tournament to almost always ends up Sunday afternoon with unbelievable fun for the last two or three hours. I mean, they're just it's an advantage of having the same course but it's it's testament to them and hats off that they can actually they pay enough attention and they're clever enough and smart enough and they know the game and they understand everything well enough that every year on Sunday even if the first few days it's like oh this is going to be a weird master, sure enough it's the it's five of the top 10 in the world making birdies and eagles on the back nine and doubles coming down the stretch and the sun always seems to come out and it's like great shadows and it's uh they it's the attention to detail that they have and the understanding of what they've got and how to, and how to make. they can't, as I said, they can't dictate a score, but they seem to be able to dictate a style of play or encourage a style of play and encourage a score line and a, and a level of drama that, that no other tournament and course seems to be able to do. It's, uh, I mean, I say I'm gushing like a fan, but like if it, the more times you uh you
0: come to the masters the more you just appreciate what they do it's just an incredible thing yeah i mean there's a reason why everybody casual golf fan to die hard watches the masters uh, Architect.
1: yeah and we're going i mean i'm going pretty deep into this i mean it, it's probably not as complicated or as fancy as that it's just a really great golf course that just allows the great player the great players in the world when they're playing their best to show their skills off yeah. and to show their like how brave they are as i said that kind of Carefree aggression, you know, like and only the best playing their best can play like that, you know. Carefree aggression. It's so, uh, like Sergio's eight on or whatever it was into fifteen a couple of years ago. I mean, you wouldn't take that shot on at any other course, that exact shot at any other tournament ever, because it's a ridiculous shot to try to hit like close to that pin on the front there. But the Masters, it just seems to bring that. They seem to be able to bring that out of the best in the world. That that kind of
0: take it on like attitude it's just brilliant. That's, that's it. We're gonna cut it there. Yeah. That was that was awesome. I uh so I hope everybody enjoys this. I go watch it. hopefully we got a great weekend.
1: Well, I mean I'm sure it will be. It it usually is, unless the weather gets kinda of weird, but uh I could talk about Augusta all day, obviously.
0: All right, thanks for coming on.